welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Welcome to the third episode of the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm so happy and grateful that you tuned in and so grateful for your support and positive feedback on the first two episodes. It brings me so much love and abundance just to hear how the podcast episodes have helped you. And and, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. And I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, Today I have Michaela. Uh, She's a psychotherapist, author, and also the host of Be You Find Happy podcast, which I've been a guest on previously. And the main topic of the episode is the topic of happiness, uh, what happiness means, what it is, uh, how we create more happiness, and how we deal with obstacles and challenges in our lives and still remain happy. Uh, Michaela also shared information about her upcoming workshops, uh, which I will also be a guest on the pod- the workshop that she will have in February, which is all about intention settings. And I will be doing an oracle card reading and a guided meditation. And she's giving all the listeners now a discount code of $50 if you purchase that workshop so you can just use the discount code podcast I will share this in the show notes as well I'm super happy about this episode I would love to hear your feedback so just sit back and enjoy the episode hi hi welcome to the podcast I'm so happy to be here Shireen I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, we met for the first time on your podcast, or we talked for the first time on, on your podcast. So I'm excited to yeah. have you on my podcast this time. <laughs> and I feel uh, like the world has come full circle. <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, I would just like to ask you, uh, first of all, how you stay mindful and present in your life. Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, when I think about it, um, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like you can look at people, um, around you and, and you can identify, um, that maybe they're doing something that's really working for them. They just have like a general, um, sense of peace and calm about them. Mm -hmm. And then it can feel kind of, um, overwhelming, like, Oh, wow. How do I obtain that? How do I achieve that? And so um, anything that I share uh, with that question, I would certainly, you know, want to do it in the light of um, this has been a lifetime practice for me. Um, And I feel like I'm continually learning. I I feel like I've tried different things and um, 
gone down the rabbit hole and been like, oh, you know what? That didn't really work. (laughs) And, um, or that wasn't sustainable. So that, that didn't last, that wasn't in such a way that it could actually fit my life. Um, so it's definitely been a journey for me, the art of mindfulness and being present. Um, but I think it can come in a very simple way for me. And so while I do meditate, which definitely helps me kind of ground myself and reconnect with my own inner purpose. And while I do, um, a lot of journaling, I found the most precious moments of mindfulness and presence have been when I'm appreciative of something simple. So I'll give you an example. Um, the, the other day, this past weekend, I uh, was supposed to go to Half Moon Bay for the pumpkin festival. It's a three-day festival and we weren't able to go last year. And so I've been looking forward to going to this pumpkin festival since August. And for me, being like a huge water lover, Um, there's something about the endless horizon that just feeds my soul. And so I feel like I have to get to the beach, like, and it's been too long since I've, since I've seen that kind of endless horizon of water. Um, so I was really looking forward to it. And then some circumstances unfolded that, um, did not allow us to, to be able to, to go on that journey. And so then it was like, okay, plan B, right. I'm, I'm resetting. It's no problem. We're going to do the next thing, which was, um, that I was going to help my parents move for a few hours in the morning, which was something that they really needed. So I was feeling very, um, very good about that. Like I felt like that was a good choice. And then I was going to go stay overnight, um, and see my brother-in-law's new house and stuff, um, up in Reno. And then that fell through. And so here I am at this uh, storage facility where my parents are going to be parking their stuff for a little while and just kind of feeling totally discombobulated, just like the whole, you know, everything that I was supposed to be doing has fallen apart. And here I'm, I'm here now, right? This is what I'm doing right now. Well, a couple of amazing things happened. One, um, my dad had a knee surgery a few years ago. And so he has this little Rover, we call it. It's like a little, it's like a little motorized basket on the front. And, um, for some reason he's holding on to this thing. And so it was going to go in the storage unit. And my son put this little rescue dog that we just, we, we literally had rescued him a week ago and he put him in the basket and started motoring around the scooter. And I just had this complete moment of just being filled with, with joy and like laughter. And we all stopped what we were doing and laughed and just completely present in the moment, watching him ride around with this little dog, like E.T. You know, <laughs> in the and then a little bit after that, the sun started to set and, um, at the storage facility, you know, there's all these metal, like garage doors, like all these metal doors that are, that are just lined up. And it had been a completely overcast day all day. It had been like gloomy and dark. And all of a sudden the, the layer of clouds lifted and the sun peeked out and it hit, it hit the metal doors and it just sparkled. It was literally shining, dancing with this glorious gold. Mm -hmm. And right then I felt that, that moment of opportunity to just take a deep breath and be aware of this beauty that was in front of me in 
a fairly boring, non-beautiful place. You know, <laughs> storage units aren't exactly like the prettiest things on earth. Um, but yeah, so I think that's um, that's an example for me of how I find opportunity throughout the day in spite of anything else that might be going on to try to be mindful, to try to be present. I look for those little windows of mm. opportunity. Mm. That's beautiful. And they, there are so many windows, but we just have to be conscious and aware of them. And, and it's amazing when you reach that state, then you become really present in the moment. So it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and, and I like what you said, that there really are so many, but if mm -hmm. we're running around so busy or preoccupied with um, our thought or preoccupied with what we need to do next, then uh, we pass right by the window, I think, sometimes. Like, I could have been like, oh, I've got to move this big, heavy box. I don't have time to stop and enjoy my son riding around this little dog, you mm. know? Or, um, you know, I've got to help my dad get this this big thing in the storage facility so I don't have time to stop and breathe and look at this beautiful surrounding. So, mm. yeah, I think that's that what you say is true. There are many windows, and I'm sure there were probably many more windows that day day that I even missed because of my attitude or, you know, mm. thinking I needed to hurry or something like that. Mm. Yeah, but it's important to, to be aware of that as well. So just awareness of not being aware or just, it's, it's yeah. just being observing and, and, and just being in that moment when we do get the time and the uh, the space for it so thank you so much for sharing and I would love for you to uh, tell the listeners more about you and what you do and yeah everything just share whatever feels right for you right now sure well so my name's Michaela and um, I'm a mom and a wife and those are probably my favorite pronouns mm. um, but I'm also a licensed psychotherapist and so I see people in my practice who um, are in all different phases of healing um, some of them are not in the throes of depression or anxiety or loss but are maybe in a space of just looking for deeper meaning and some of them are experiencing some of the greatest pains of their life and I hold space for them um, and we we work together to um, help them you know find the clarity that they need to to live their best life and I um, am also an author and I've authored a couple of books, um, one teetering on disaster, which has been getting a lot of press lately. Uh, it's about growing up without running water or electricity in the rural Sierra Nevada mountains. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a memoir. Yeah. And then also a fiction book, a couple of children's books. And I have a book called Be You, Find Happy and a podcast by the same name. Yeah. And that is really about encouraging people to speak their truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. It's hmm. beautiful. <laughs> so, so many beautiful things. <laughs> oh, I love that. And um, yeah, I would, that's the topic of this episode also happiness, because that's what you do work a lot around and, uh, and all of these things and also happiness in spite of, uh, setbacks and obstacles and how how 
what is your structure and your process around happiness and how do you define it and what do we do we're like life has so many angles and we have ups and downs so um how do we what is happiness in the first place <clears throat> so yeah i i would love to answer that question i think it's it's such a big question um <laughs> um, to, to me, happiness is, uh, not definable for, for uh, like on a, on a broad global scale like that, because I feel like it's so unique and independent to each of us. So what brings some person great happiness may bring another person great misery. And mm. so I'll give you an example. Um, like, you know, you see people that are doing hashtag van life and they're traveling around the world in living out of a van. Mm. And, you know, that may bring them incredible happiness uh, because they feel like their spirit is free and they're unattached. And um, every day they wake up somewhere new for someone else. That may be the definition of like horror. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like they love their cozy little home. They love that they're in the same place and their feet are in the same spot on the earth every day. And that brings them great comfort and great happiness. Mm. So I think it's important to remember, especially in the social media world that we live in, that, um, you know, another person's happiness is not necessarily going to look the same as ours. Mm -hmm. And um, that behind all of that happiness is also a lot of uh, setbacks, a lot of pain, a lot of um, things that aren't going their way. And, you know, Tishnot Han, uh, incredible Buddhist monk, wrote the book, You Are Here, mm -hmm. which I think is one of the greatest reads on being mindful, being present. Um, and in that book, he talks about the the idea that we can't have extreme happiness without having extreme pain mm -hmm. without that relevance of, um, you know, having overcome something, you wouldn't realize how joyful that thing is, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I think, um, I, I think that it's important when we're seeing, um, what looks like happiness, uh, to remember that, it's a unique journey for each of us and that on that journey, there are going to be things that are going to set us back or things that are going to be painful or things that we're going to question whether we should be on this journey at all. Mm -hmm. And that that is part of the path to happiness. That is part of having what I define as intrinsic happiness. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let me take a breath. Go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> no, I'm just. I, talk all day on this subject, I love so. it, and I'm just thinking about the yeah, like happiness and a, a state of bliss. It's it's. I think there's a difference also because happiness is something that can change with time. Like my happiness is not the same as your happiness, and my happiness ten years ago, what I defined as happiness and what gave me happiness was not is not the same as today so that's that does also change it's ever changing and bliss is something that is a constant state but that is not that easily attained uh, and it's i study chinese medicine so in chinese medicine uh, we talk about the different emotions and 
uh, even there, like if you are too happy or you're like almost like exuberant, uh, yeah, it's it, it's not it's not a good thing for your health if you're too happy on uh, in the level that you're so excited and all your energy is going out because that means also that it will like that type of happiness will go down and it's like an exaggeration. So everything has to be some like a balance, like yin balance. and yang. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. so that's one thing. And I think uh, the, when we, when we take a step back in like, what is happiness? Yeah. Most of the time I think it's defined by, factors outside of us because when we get that usually it's not what brings us that type of happiness that we thought like that ease and the sense of calm and peace it's usually not not outside of us i mean i i so i so completely agree with you and i i want to share an example of that mm. um but before I do that, yeah. you were talking about somebody who's like almost exuberant. And mm. uh, this morning I had to give my husband a ride to his truck. <clears throat> and on the way, I said, well, I'll see you after a little bit. I'm jumping on a podcast. And and he says, oh, you've got a podcast this, this morning you're recording. And I said, no, I, I'm actually going to be on someone else's podcast. And he yeah. says, well, what is it called? And I said, it's the law of positivism. And he says, oh yeah, I remember, I remember that episode. And he goes, really, are you positive enough to be on that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of like dove into this whole discussion about that. And I said, well, this is her podcast. My podcast <laughs> is not called the law of positivism. But um, then on to, then right after that, we dropped our son off at school mm-hmm. and um, I waved at this, this, car that I recognize that I always wave at. And he goes, who was that? And I go, Oh, well, I thought it was so-and-so, but it wasn't. And he goes, well, why were you like preemptively waving? And I said, well, because this guy every morning is, it's just like got this huge smile and he just waves really big. And I said a couple of times I didn't wave back just cause I was, you know, doing something or whatever, distracted. And mm-hmm. I felt like a jerk about it, you know, like mm-hmm. he's so over the top happy. Mm-hmm. And my husband kind of went, that's just not right. I, I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> And it made me think about what you were saying where like, you know, being in that over exuberant state all the time has its downfalls as well. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know how he's feeling inside or how he right. feels when he's not out in the world. So right. it's, but, and there's a, I mean, that's a type of sharing of one's energy, what he is doing. So uh, I mean, if you can make someone else smile just that day, of course you receive like positive energy energy back, and and it feels good within you and within the person that receives that energy. So that's a oh, really sure. nice nice thing to do as well. And I think just just like when I started my Instagram account and the name Law of Positivism, I was myself in a state of yeah, I had to face face all my shadows at that point of time in my life. And um, I just, I, I think that time of my life was really important for me to grow into who I am today and who I'm evolving to be uh, in the future and, and my soul's path and everything. And that name uh, for me was just 
an expression that when I started working with my mind and my thoughts and my words within myself and towards myself, when I started speaking more positively within myself, that's when I started to uh, just heal and to to learn and to grow. So I'm I'm not always, uh, when I'm writing, I'm not always channeling positive things. Although in the beginning I was writing very much like positive affirmations and uh, positive things. But as I like walked my journey and walked my path, I also saw that those dips and those like dark places that we go into are also so important and nothing no one can be positive all the time because then we wouldn't exist because we live like this dimension is is polarized and we have duality so we live in that duality so um i think it's unless you uh, live in a monastery or you're just meditate every day in a mountain or something like that like life always will challenge you your ego will challenge you and and there's a reason for that so we have to accept that so i'm i'm never asking everyone to always be positive because we have to face our darkness too mm. and the darkness is not bad that's yin that's that's the divine feminine essence too so it's really important and uh, to to have all emotions are important. The, otherwise, we would implode or explode or <laughs> we wouldn't work. Yes. Yeah. So true. So it's very yes. important to to think about that. And I also love your work. I know you, uh, you do one-to-one sessions, but you also have workshops and work online. Can you tell us a little bit more about that type of work that you do? Yes, for sure. And right before that, I just wanted to yeah. say that... Um, you know, I was interviewed by the National Institute of Whole Health about mm. the concept of happiness. Mm. And one of the things that um, she really wanted me to put an adjective on it, and I was really struggling to do so. Mm. Um, but I, I told her that I believe true happiness lies in peace. And mm. what that means is peace, um, you know, is an all encompassing word, you know, we picture people putting two fingers up and kind of doing that smiley face thing. Mm. But it's really an acceptance that life is not always going to be great. Mm. And um, that we it's up to us to find the, um, the lesson or the positivity within the experience. Mm. And so I think that's an important takeaway, too, is that, you know, it's, it really is exactly what you said. There has to be the darkness. There has to be the yin with the yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think true happiness comes from that, but kind of circling back on what you said with regards to extrinsic happiness, I, I do think a lot of people tend to put their weight in this type of happiness, which is like, I know, um, I'll give you a perfect example. I, love a good cup of coffee in the morning. And sometimes I get so excited Mm. to get um, a particular drive-through coffee shop called Dutch brothers that we have out here. Mm. And, you know, it's just like, Oh, I know it's going to, whatever happened this morning, I know this cup of coffee is going to change it. It's going to bring me so much happiness. Mm. And then there's, when you put your happiness in something extrinsic like that, Mm. there's this risk, inherent risk that that cup of coffee is going to burn you. Mm. that that cup of coffee is going to be burnt, um, that the barista is going to be a jerk, Mm. you know? And so 
um, I think too often we do put our happy factor in things outside of us and, and even, you know, parents who put their happy factor in their children. Mm. Oh, my child brings me the greatest happiness in my life. Mm. I would love to hear people start reframing that. And, and it's true of, of, other, of other relationships too. And say, the experiences that I have with my child bring me some of the greatest happiness in my life. Mm. It's just a little change in dialogue, mm. but it means a lot because then that day that your kid gets into a debacle in class mm. or uh, brings home an F on an important test or um, is even in physical pain themselves that you're sitting in a hospital room with them or something, heaven forbid. Mm. It's like now that's not your greatest source of happiness. Rather, that is your greatest source of pain. Mm. So, you know, I think it's important that we look at the language that we're using to define the experiences or the relationships that we have. Mm. So true. And I think it's it's a good thing, as you say, to reflect when we think that about something or someone or a situation that if I get that, if I receive that, if I experience that, then I'm going to be happy and fulfilled. Then we have to just stop and ask ourselves why and how can I feel that way without that factor in my life? Because just the, it's really hard because I think we're just programmed uh, to always look forward and to plan and to set goals. It's really hard to to just stay present and and here in what is but i think i think that being in nature really helps helps to ground and and keep you uh, very like present i think that's one of the greatest tools that i have um mm. i i completely agree and i think a lot of what happens in nature is so natural mm. <laughs> um that it's not it's outside of our control. It's not something that, that we are able to manipulate. Um, everything that is happening in that space is happening in a very elemental level. It's happening, um, energetically well above, um, well above in a space where our senses are free of judgment, I mm. think. And, mm. um, I, 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 completely agree that spending time in nature, I'm fortunate enough to live in the rural Sierra Nevada. So I'm literally, as I sit here talking to you, I'm, um, under parked underneath a pine tree right now, surrounded mm. by pine trees, uh, maple trees that are changing color and everything around me is, um, is speaking in its own way. You know, the way that the pine needles are swaying and, mm. um, the changing of the seasons is so evident in, in those maples and things like that. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity for reflection and mm. a lot of opportunity to take a deep breath and kind of just breathe in and, you know, trees, they, they give off, what is it that chlorophyll mm. uh, into the air or whatever? I'm not probably <laughs> saying it right, but it's that happy juices that they release that we breathe. <laughs> mm, yeah. And yeah. And nature is us. So we just think that we're it's it's so strange that we think that we are not part of nature and when we're in nature we see our own nature reflected outside of us and the um it's just a reflection so i think just being there and and uh, like just also paying attention 
not being in nature and being up in your mind, just to experience and breathe and appreciate and uh, feel nature with your hands or with your feet. It's we come back to our roots, and that's really important because we are so disconnected to our own roots and with with this planet. And yeah, I think it's if more people could be out in nature. I know it's not very easy, especially if you live in a big city and and um, I was just, um, this summer I visited New York and I was shocked because here in Sweden we have lakes everywhere and trees and even in the middle of the big city we have a lot of nature, although if you go outside there's only nature. <laughs> and uh, I, I was shocked and even going into the park and I I didn't feel that ease and that peacefulness because there's so much noise and there's so much distraction. Yeah. Yes. The energy, the vibration, the cars and everything. And I think we do get, we, we adapt to the environment. So I think people can do it, but it's so important to truly go out in nature and get your medicine from there. Oh, I agree. And as I was in New York a few years back mm. and um, the same thing in, in the bustle of the city, kind of the concrete jungle, and then uh, went to upstate New York near Ithaca. Mm. And, um, you know, I was driving down this highway and I saw this fly fisherman in the river at sunset. Like it was literally like the movie, a river runs through it. Mm. And I thought, man, if I lived in New York, I'd have to come up here probably at least once a week, Yeah, <laughs> maybe <exactly>. more <laughs> just to try and uh, ground yeah. and reconnect and take a breath and see further than five feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And taking the time to do that, that's taking care of yourself. And I mean, you can live in the city and meditate and meditate yourself to be rooted and grounded in nature as well. So there are tools if it's not possible, but usually it is. Or just walk to places in the city that has uh, like ocean birds. or lake or something. <laughs> yeah, or listening yeah. to birds or just yeah. just and tune into that really a lot and and still feel the trees and see the trees as as uh, spirits and see them as as living beings that can also give you healing just mm. they just give <laughs> and and we we have to we have to appreciate that and not just cut them down and and uh, so in yeah. in California where i live uh the wildfires is a big big, 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 big thing. And so we've had to do a lot of clearing and even still our property is probably, um, well, I'm not going to say that <laughs> I've got, I've still got my fire insurance. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had to do a lot of clearing and every time, every time I have to limb up branches or every time we have to follow tree, it's like this painful process of, like really truly thinking of how often that tree gave me shade or I mm. watched the snow fall off of its branches or um, in it, when you limb a tree, mm. it literally bleeds sap yeah. for a long time. And mm. it's like, it's crying and I'm like, mm. Oh, <laughs> and then it makes me so sad, even mm. though it brought me so much happiness. Yeah. So mm. um, I've definitely, I've definitely felt um, the life force of the trees for mm. sure. 
and you had in appreciation so you do it consciously if you really need to so that's yeah. a big difference but yeah tell us more about the your workshop. workshops yeah yeah so um they're pretty fantastic and um up until this new this very first one coming up in um november they have all been only in person and they're they're really awesome they're all themed around something that energetically I kind of am picking up on. Usually it's uh, running themes in client sessions and things like that. I'm like, oh, you know what? It would be good to do a workshop on that topic. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've had all sorts of different themed workshops surrounding kind of mental health topics, everything from, um, you know, finding finding your path in life, uh, you know, listening to the messages of the universe to um, setting intentions and things like that. So I've had all sorts of different types of workshops. And what's really cool is that I am actually doing a free webinar um, and mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a real live webinar, not these ones you see where, you know, you log on and they're pre-recorded and all that real, mm -hmm. real live webinar with real live question and answer. Um, and it's free on November in November. And that one is going to be about de-stressing for the holidays so that you can mm -hmm. be present and actually enjoy, um, the experiences of the season. Mm -hmm. And then what's really exciting is that, um, in February, I'm going to be hosting an intention workshop and Shireen is going to be a guest on that webinar. And I think you're going to lead a guided meditation and an oracle card reading, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. That, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so much oh, fun. I can't wait. So that workshop is um, going to be truly incredible. And anybody who's listening to this podcast can... Um, can get a very large chunk off of that webinar with a coupon code podcast. Mm. So, yeah. um, and I, I, I guess I'll provide you the links and or, yeah. or whatnot, and then people can. Yeah. We'll share in, in the, in the podcast, but also on Instagram and Facebook for sure. So everyone can find it. I'm so excited. Yes. And so with that intention setting workshop, it's going to be a lot of um, how do you find happiness in mm -hmm. your daily life and how do you be more present? And, um, mm -hmm. and then also how do you set goals that are actually attainable? So mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, um, I'm not a big fan of new year's resolutions at all. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I celebrate write off day, mm -hmm. which, um, is something I created quite a few years back. It's uh, December 31st mm -hmm. and I do my vision board planning on that day. Like I lay out my vision board and then I have stick it notes and I write all over the stick it notes, everything that kind of sucked about the year before. Mm. And then I literally burn them. Mm. And I do that because, you know, businesses at the end of the year, they do the same thing. They write mm. off yeah. all of that outstand, all of those outstanding receivables and things like that. And for me, it was like, yeah, why should I put all this pressure on myself on the first day of the year? Why don't I use the last day of the year? to just kind of reset and say, oh, that didn't really work out, you yeah, know? Exactly. Um, yeah, so I actually do write-off day. I'm not a big New Year's resolutions person, mm. but I thought, how fun would it be to do like an intention-setting workshop and actually walk some people through how to set up some attainable goals mm. for the year that by the end of the year, they can look back and go, you know what? I, I am really proud of the accomplishments or the motion that I made toward my goal. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not even a goal that we uh, plan to achieve this year, right? Maybe it's hiking Mount Whitney 
or uh, running a half marathon, or maybe it's not exercise related at all. Maybe it's repairing a relationship with someone. Mm. And, um, and so I don't think we need to set time parameters on things like that. We just have to start having milestones that we can work towards those goals. Yeah. Um, so we're going to work on that in, yes. in the workshop. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And intentions are so important and to match the intentions with um, like real uh, visualization and with the emotions and feelings. And this is something that we can do on a monthly basis. We have such good opportunities throughout the year to do that because we put so much pressure on like the new year's resolutions because it's a complete year and a year can can have so much events and so many different situations in it and you don't know how you're gonna feel in a month or two even so I such a good point or yeah. or what or what might come into your journey that you didn't expect like exactly. um, a healing process perhaps physically maybe you break a bone or something and yeah. now that marathon that you plan to run has you know and that new year's resolution that you said is completely kiboshed yeah so yeah and not feeling like point. yeah and not feeling like that's a failure it's not about uh success or failure or becoming better and all of this it's they can be so so much simple things that are not even outside of us it can be things that we set for ourselves how to uh how to express ourselves how to um it usually it's everything that we do are so focused externally so i think also intentions that we, I try to, to talk about that uh, on a monthly basis when it comes to the new moons and full moons also. Like what you did the, or what, what you just told us that you do during that time is, is to also release. And releasing is also important. You can't bring in something new if you don't have space for it. So release is very important in that process as well. It's so true. I think I talked recently on um, my podcast about, or on rather on my Instagram about this, um, the garden that I have. And, you know, we are, it's under repair because I plan to build a hothouse. Mm. And um, th there was this one small space left. And my husband said, don't bother planting anything there. And I, you know, went ahead and planted this little tiny pumpkin, uh, pumpkin plant. And, uh, you know, it was kind of really impressive to me when it, when it actually grew a pumpkin mm. and we laughed about it. Uh, but the reality was sometimes we have to make a mess of things mm. um, to make space for something beautiful and new. Sometimes that has to happen. Sometimes things have to be in shambles mm. um, and yucky for a little while to create a space to allow new growth. And, um, and so much too about what you said with intention um, that, you know, okay, you can set a goal like running a marathon, but if you don't connect to the intention and you don't understand your why, then what are you really doing it for? And I think a lot of times we set these, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. Well, what is your why? Mm. If your why is so that your husband will give you more love, mm -hmm. then maybe we need to look at that relationship rather than losing the 25 pounds. Yeah. 
But if your why is because you're diabetic and if you lose 25 pounds, you don't have to take a pill anymore. Mm. Well, then maybe that's a really solid reason to Mm. have that goal. And I think a lot of times we set these goals and we don't think about the intention. We don't think about the purpose behind them. And um, if we don't, if we don't understand our why, that's when we set ourselves up to get to get up, to get upset when things don't go as planned uh, because we're disconnected and, or we set ourselves up to feel very unhappy once we've obtained the goal, because we weren't working within the real issue, the real reason. Mm, Exactly. Going to the root. And I think, just asking why until you can't do it anymore. That's the root. So just having the courage and being honest towards yourself uh, to, to answer that, honestly, I think that's a very good point. And I would like to talk to you also. So you are working uh, as a psychotherapist and um, that's amazing. And I'm sure you help a lot of people out with your knowledge and support. And um, I'm also interested in what type of spiritual tools that are important for you in your life when you work with yourself. <sighs> and it's interesting that you would ask me that because I don't, I don't often get that question. Mm. Um, and it is a, a really big component to, um, my own healing and my own grounding. When I first started as a psychotherapist, I brought a lot out of the room with me. Um, It was because I didn't know how to work with some of the emotions that I was holding, some of the space that I was um, holding for others. And, you know, I've had clients with incredibly painful um, stories. I, I mean, to the point where you know, I, I don't think anybody who's an empath doing this kind of work could not tear up mm. at listening to them talk. And so, um, but one of the things that I've personally experienced um, of late, and I haven't really spoken about it for numerous reasons. Um, I, I, uh, I recently had a client, a young client um, who I'd been seeing for about a year and um she perished in a car accident. Mm. And so this was the first time that I've had to work through my own grief and loss Mm. um, from, you know, that it was, it was this very interesting juxtaposition of wanting to grieve publicly, like wanting to grieve in a way that felt healing to me, like physically crying and things like that. Mm. But it was really interesting because nobody in my life knows her. Mm. So normally when we, when we lose someone, there's other people who have known this being who who can kind of celebrate the life and can celebrate the loss and can be present in it together. And no one knew I was seeing her. No one knows her name. And so for me, I, I had this, uh, really interesting, you know, my world just kind of got flipped upside down and a lot of questions, even as, as having been her therapist, you know, um, about the final days of her life and things like that. And so I had to go, um, 
you know, into a really different space for, for me. And it really required a lot of, um, identifying where I was feeling any kind of negative emotions surrounding what had happened and taking time out of my day to acknowledge that I was allowed to feel the way I feel. And I am allowed to, to feel a sense of loss, even though we're not supposed to be friends with our clients or attached to our clients or anything like that. And she wasn't a personal friend. I didn't see her outside of sessions. Um, but I still felt that connection to her in so many ways. I knew more about her life than most of the people who would be at her funeral. And that's a really heavy space. That's a heavy thing to feel. Um, so for me, it was, it was taking walks and alone and, um, it was a lot of journaling and it was allowing myself to, to cry. And then it was simply asking others to, to hold space for me to say, I I'm, I'm just not a hundred percent today. I'm experiencing this. I know you can't share in it with me. I know you can't necessarily relate to what I'm going through right now, but I just need you to, you know, to, to be graceful with me and to allow me the space to move through what I'm moving through. And so I feel like that's kind of a very extreme example of, um, of how you know, as, as, as a spirit being what I need to do for myself to be able to hold space in this work that I do. Um, and I'm sure a lot of psychotherapists would have different, you know, thoughts and opinions on it. But for me, it's about physically asking others to support me in this moment without asking questions and without having solutions, just be present with me, just allow me the grace that I need. If I get a little short or if I suddenly start crying, or if I need to take a walk because something has just triggered me, that kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's important uh, for everyone to have this, the, I mean, we, we're not living in a society where we allow that type of space and to hold space for each other. Uh, sometimes it's really nice to to see someone or to be just in a in an environment where you get that it's so important otherwise you just bottle up everything and then you don't have any source to just process what you went through and i i can imagine it's really really tough to you i mean when you even when you work with like if it's a client it's a human being and you connect on different levels with different people and you get a deep connection if you work on a psychological and mental level as well. Um, and I and I think what you said is so true that, you know, I think a lot of times even not in my psychotherapy practice because I'm well trained on holding space without judgment, mm-hmm. but in my personal life, it's easy for me to insert my emotional opinion um, when somebody's going through something. And I have to often check myself and say, you know what? It's not my job to tell them how they should feel right now. Mm -hmm. It's my job to be here and listen and um, acknowledge and validate. And um, I'm entitled to my, my feelings. I'm entitled to my thoughts, but I don't need to project those 
onto somebody else who's going through something. And I say this in a loving way, right? So we do this, like, I'll give you an example. Um, my son had a kid call him a name at school and he was really mean to him on the playground. And he came home and he told me about this and, and, and my emotions flared up and I wanted to say, well, that isn't okay. You need to tell that boy, blah, blah, blah. And you need to protect yourself. And, you know, I wanted to just do all these things. And, and then I wanted to say, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. That's really terrible to, to have to hear that. And I wish kids weren't like that at school, but all of that stuff is my stuff. That's not his stuff. And so all he needed me to do was to hear him and validate him and acknowledge him and not formulate an, an emotional opinion and not take that route with, because then what happens is these people in our lives who are relying on us for space holding, they won't anymore. Um, they'll say, you know what? Every time I tell something to that person, they get really upset and that makes me more upset. <laughs> or, you know, they get overly happy and go tell the whole world about this thing that I just shared with them. And I didn't want to share it with everyone. So I think it's important for us to, um, to check our emotional, um, attachment to what other people say and, and to be mindful of how we are responding to them. Um, that, that any kind of, uh, tone can impart emotion. And, and then that might determine whether they choose to talk or share with us in the future too. Yeah. So true. And, um, all of these things we talked about, I know journaling is a good tool. Do you have anything that you can share about journaling, how to use journals? And, uh, so my eight-year-old journals, mm. uh, and <laughs> I, you know, I feel like it is probably one of the most important tools because a lot of times when we feel like we can't share things that are going on with people, that can be a very safe space. Um, for people who want to do a daily journal, I recommend starting out with something very, very simple. Um, I personally have a couple of recommendations on my Amazon shop. Uh, there's these ones that are less than $10 on Amazon and they are incredible. It's a morning gratitude and an evening reflection. And it's literally a couple of questions that you answer. And I feel like that can just be something that is sustainable, something that you can actually do day after day. Um, and if you've if you don't feel like doing it, that's okay too, but at least get you putting the pen to the paper and that can create some mindfulness or awareness. Um, and then if you're a more advanced, um, you know, in your, in your language and what you want to share with yourself, then, um, I always recommend picking out a journal that you actually like. Um, so you, you know, go to the store and touch them and feel them and see what feels good to you and what you energetically connect with. Get yourself a pen that you enjoy writing with, that the ink is really beautiful and you love it. You love the way that it feels. And then what I like to do is I like to pre-fill my journal with quotes. So when I get my journal, I'll go on the internet and find a bunch of quotes. Ralph Waldo Emerson has got some amazing ones. Maya Angelou, so many great quotes out there in the world. And I'll actually fill every couple pages with a quote. And what I find is it's almost like this blast from the past, like a message to my future self. And when I get to that page, it is odd, oddly interesting how I needed that quote that day. 
it's, it's a really, it's a really unique, like weird energetic thing that happens. But I find that when you do that, you put yourself in your journal, you're more likely to go use your journal mm. because you're already in there. You've already connected with it in that way. Um, so, and the other thing I really love for those who maybe want to start putting pen on paper, but don't necessarily want, don't know what to say, or don't, um, you know, maybe want to write or reflect or have gratitude. Um, Louise Hay has got an incredible, Mm -hmm. uh, positive affirmations color book. It's, um, I think it's called the positive affirmations coloring book on Amazon. And again, just a few dollars. And, um, in there, she has a mantra on one page and a mandala on the other page. And for Mm -hmm. those who maybe don't, um, aren't familiar with the word mandala, Sanskrit meaning circle, it's supposed to be a very meditative process to color it in. So um, you've got this mantra on the left and you're coloring it and then you've got the mandala on the right and that process can be very healing and that is a form of journaling. Mm. So um, I recommend all of those things, yeah. That's amazing, thank you. Yeah, and just, I mean, when I grew up, having diaries was just, uh, everyone had a diary. Yeah, uh, and with the lock and key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now it's like everything is digital and I'm scared that kids are not <laughs> being able to write anymore with, with a pen and paper. Uh, so I think just the process of writing and and the how the b- brain activates when we're doing it's a form of creation. So just oh, sure. doing that changes our our mind and our thoughts and that I, I love journaling. It's beautiful. So I'll tell you a funny story about my son yeah. and he probably listen to this and freak out, but, um, so he does journal. And especially when we have things going on at school or something like that, I'll actually put on the insight timer timer meditation app, um, which is an incredible free app. And, and he'll do like a three minute ohm meditation, um, or a nature sounds meditation. And then I have him journal just you know, thoughts about his day. And so one day uh, we didn't do the insight timer in advance, but, or no, I'm sorry. We, we did do the insight timer in advance and I was like laying on the couch and he was laying on the other couch. And um, then I had him, you know, journal. I don't, we're going to do the insight timer and then you can journal about the day. Well, I guess I fell asleep. <laughs> meditation and so anyway um I woke up like some time later like 20 25 minutes later and I guess my body needed rest but he left his journal open on the table and then he had gone out to do something else and I I have a strict policy with myself that whatever he writes in there is his and it's his alone and it doesn't matter if he tells you know his journal that I'm the worst mom on the face of the earth that is his right to do as a, you know, in his journal and he left it open and I couldn't help. I mean, it was right there, this big eight-year-old handwriting. And he says, well, my mom said she was going to make dinner after I journaled, but she's asleep. So I guess I'll go find my own food. (laughs) That's so sweet. I'm the worst mom ever. But it was kind of one of those things where, you know what, that's what he was feeling right Mm. now. And how kind that he let me rest. Like he knew that I needed to rest. So (laughs) sweet. Having an English muffin like dry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So finding finding the humor, always Mm. finding the humor. Oh, 
That's really cute. Thank you so much for sharing everything. I'm super happy. And is there anything that you would like to share now just to close the call? Oh, just that, you know, happiness is a constant reset. It's it's always looking for those windows of opportunity to find gratitude, reflect, be mindful, be present. And definitely, um, if you see other people's lives and think they've got it figured out, I promise you they do not. Mm. Um, because I've, I, I've experienced it myself and I try to keep a real authentic space on Instagram um, for just that reason. Mm. Yeah. Thank Great. you so much for having me, Shereen. Thank this was a, you. I love, I love talking to you. It's like my favorite thing. I love it too. I, I'm I'm so happy you you took your time, and I'm sure we'll, we're going to talk more. And we have our workshop coming up, so yes. I'm really excited for for all the all the things that we're going to do together. So thank you so so much, and have a really nice day in. Uh, in your hometown where it's still morning and here it's getting dark, very dark now. Um, and uh, I'll share all the links in on social media and, and on the podcast page as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk Thank soon. You. Yes, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope the topic was helpful and that you can find tools for yourself to create more happiness and to see happiness in different ways i would love for you to leave a review on itunes so that more people can find it and for all of you who leave a review take a screenshot send it to me on instagram and i will give you an oracle card reading so i hope you enjoyed and i hope you uh, just send this vibration out to the universe Let's take a deep breath in through the nose and breathe out through your mouth and enjoy the rest of your week. Namaste.